Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flat, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Hi, Pastor Joel. Hello, Pastor Jonathan. How are we doing this fine, fine day? We are doing splendidly. I mean, you can speak for me. Yes. I, I, you, you please speak for me. We're, are, are, are we? I think we are <laughs> both doing splendidly. Yeah, man. I think so, too. Yeah. This is, these are exciting times. Exciting times for you and I. They sure are. And uh, we're going to be going forward with a topic now. Uh, I think this is how you pronounce it. Gnostics. Yeah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I think the, the, the correct pronunciation is Gnostics. Yes. So that's the topic today. Can you give us some background, Pastor Joel? Yeah, I'd love to. I feel like we're kind of on the same path as we were with the mystery versus puzzles episode where we kind of have to do a little background, maybe a little deeper than normal. Because again, this is a topic that I'm not sure the church recognizes they have been impacted by. Uh, so here we go. Yeah. Gnosticism claims to have deeper or special revelation, but the actions contradict the word of God. The actions or the behavior. So in order to rationalize that wrong action or wrong behavior, that's when the Gnostics will state, well, they have special revelation, maybe even referred to as mystical knowledge that comes directly from God that supersedes whatever was previously written or spoken of God, which unfortunately leads to these people these Gnostics not being able to be questioned, not being able to be understood, and really there being no objective way to prove them wrong. So these people, these Gnostics, they'll state a new wrong word that is consistent with their wrong do. Okay. Which is really just as damning as hypocrisy. Where hypocrisy is like where your say and do don't match. Gnostics have their, their say and do might match, but their say and do are both wrong. And literally, it's man-made. Man-made doctrine put in the place of God's doctrine. So let's look at an example to kind of flush this out. One, yeah, man. Galatians 1, 6 through 9, I'm going to cover real quick. So we'll get into some Bible here right up front in the history and background. Help us flush out this idea of Gnosticism. Awesome. Starting with verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, 
let him be accursed, also translated anathema. As we have said before, verse 9, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. So what's cool here, we see Paul warning about other gospels, simply meaning gospels that aren't of God, right? So here's an example of what this looks like. Mormonism. Hmm. So Mormons claim that an angel from God brought special revelation that was different than the Bible. And a special revelation only available to their founder, Joseph Smith. So Paul said it doesn't matter even if an angel said this. And that believing in another gospel, a gospel other than the one that was given to us by God, leads to a loss of salvation. I mean, you would essentially be believing in something that wasn't of God. That would seem self-evident or logical that if I believe something different than what God was preaching to me, that it would lead to loss of salvation or maybe a person thinking they're saved when they're really not. Hmm. Now this accursed or anathema in a lot of translations meant that a person or thing is doomed to destruction. And Paul said this word twice. He made this very clear. So that would be an example of there's all these behaviors that this belief system is trying to tell its people to do. And the words they use to defend that belief system are special revelation or a new or different or deeper revelation that is different or inconsistent with the word of God. Now, one thing I want to cover real quick, this is going to be important for us to understand Mm -hmm. moving forward. There's a difference between discovering something new and inventing something new. Okay. Discovering something means it's been there, available for whoever finds it. Whoever finds it, the finder didn't create whatever they discovered. Mm -hmm. The gold was in the mountain before the people who dug up the gold found it, right? They didn't invent gold. Nice. Inventing it means that it came to only the person and from within the person who invented it. So learning something new, this is what I want to just kind of clear up this door. I feel like people could go through. Mm -hmm. I I want to close it before we'd even walk through it. We're not talking about somebody learning something new that anybody could have learned. We're talking about somebody having words that they have that they came up with because they claim they have special revelation meaning it would it came directly to them and only to them so we're not talking with gnosticism we're not talking about a group of people who just are learning new things we're talking about a group of people who are teaching words that contradict god and their support for those words is that they have special revelation So they can't support those words from outside of themselves. Okay. 
So that's where the where they can't be questioned comes in because yes. they've been they've received this special revelation. Um so is it is an, an angel like with the Joseph Smith example, with an angel that delivers that word, is that that same thing as is something being within someone? Yeah, the well, the point, yeah, because the point is there, Joseph Smith is saying this angel came to me, to me only, gave me special revelation that now I'm sharing with the rest of you. And his special revelation contradicts the rest of the word of God. Okay. So the co the contradiction is really important. Yeah. And the fact that no one else could have got it besides that person. Gnostics are saying only me can only I can get it. And it it will contradict scripture at some right. point. Yeah. So the you question the guy, well, where'd this come from? Well, I just learned it. God it was told just me. It was given to me. You know, God yep. told me, yeah, special yep. revelation. Spe that special revelation is important. It's not just revelation we're talking about. It's special revelation, meaning it came only to you. Mm. That's not how God's word works. He's revealing these things. Even when he does reveal things to the prophets, it was so that those things could be revealed to all of us. And the words he was given to those prophets were in line with the rest of scripture as well. And it makes sense that if you were to get revelation or if someone were to get revelation, like these people in scripture who get revelation, they are then able to explain why this yes. did happen. It, yes. Okay. So this is a, this is a, uh, I feel like we're, we're going down a complicated complex road here. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is exciting. I'm glad we I'm glad that we have an episode for people who want to dig in and and go deep because I am definitely seeing how this has hurt a lot of people in church. But would right. you be able to explain a little bit more how people have been damaged by this topic in the church? Yes. Man-made doctrine eventually becomes man-made tradition. These things we do because we've always done them. And it's rooted in something a man has taught. And this not only deceives people, but it also replaces the word of God. Mm. And Matthew 15, 9 says, in vain, they worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. So these doctrine of men that turn into man-made tradition ends up leading to a resulting in my worship of Christ being unprofitable or void of truth. So there are people being taught doctrine in the church that's origin is from man. Hmm. And really to simplify this whole thing of Gnosticism is really it's idolatry. Hmm. Man is the source. Okay. Nice. A person receiving this revelation that only them can, can receive and cannot be questioned and cannot be asked. They are uh, a God of sorts. Yeah. 
and it, it's and it, it, they can't even support it whatever it is they're teaching they can't support it from outside themselves nice so what does this conflict look like in the church pastor joel usually we see two sides and it affecting two you know two different groups so would you kind of explain how the church handled this issue with both sides well the strict side is similar to the mystery versus puzzle topic we discussed in that they do see the act of seeking all information as a benefit in and of itself yet with gnosticism when you try to question the pastor you're just told you need to listen and you need to believe what the pastor or leader of your church teaches you and you can't confront them because if you do you end up getting bullied maybe being told it's your job to submit and just hear me maybe even being kicked out of the church because you question the pastor which all those things i just described are how a cult operates so that's really the strict side is i'll give all the information 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 and when that information comes from me it's your job to hear it and the reason you hear it is because i'm in charge mm. and if you don't hear it then you may as well just leave wow so do people actually support that perspective with the bible these people can't support this side of this Gnosticism with the Bible. And that's really the point. Because these people are teaching new things that aren't scriptural. What happens a lot, and here's another, maybe a, an indicator that you've been impacted by this, is the people on this side, on the strict side, tend to quote other men more often than the Bible or other men in support of the beliefs that they are teaching. Instead of using the Bible to support their beliefs, they use other men's quotes. Or a lot of times you'll see these people quoting the Bible wrong in order to support their own beliefs. Or even if they do quote the Bible correctly, they quote the what of the Bible and then supply their own why or just outright refuse to share their why because they know that it contradicts the Bible. So how would you handle an interaction with someone who was on the strict side? Well, here I would ask some questions and my first question would be just asking them where, where do your beliefs originate? Nice. And, hey, would you be willing to look at the Bible when you reference it? Can we open up the Bible and actually read it together? And I think we've covered this in previous episodes before. It's always a good idea if you're quoting scripture, if you have a Bible there with you, which most of us do nowadays in our pocket, right? Pull it out because it's very often... I find people quoting scripture wrong when they mm. think they know the right words. So, and really what we want to do here though, is focus on getting the person we're interacting with on this side of the argument 
to give the why behind their what. To ask them why, why, why. Mm. Keep asking. And then a really, really great question that's maybe a little bit more on the, the tent side would really be asking a person, how could a person show you you're wrong? And what that does is it, it ought to unsettle the person in understanding, well, one, maybe the person doesn't think they could be wrong. And now we're just dealing with the person in pride. But, you know, if I am humble, then I should be able to tell you how you can show me where I'm wrong. So let me, I just want to make sure I understand where we're at, Pastor Joel. I want to kind of do a little recap. So what we're saying is these Gnostics, it sounds to me like they have a tendency to be leaders in churches. Yes. And how they've hurt and how they've hurt the church. And what they're preaching um, is wrong words and encouraging wrong actions. So wrong words as in words that uh, contradict scripture and wrong actions as in idolatry, encouraging people to, uh, you know, commit idolatry while putting themselves in a position to never be confronted. Right. Which again, puts this person in an untouchable place, cannot be confronted, cannot be questioned because of their special revelation. Right. Awesome. Do I understand you? I feel understood. Yes. Awesome. Well, this is exciting. Okay. Before we go to the loose side, let's go ahead and take a call from a call. Yes. From Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. Oh, yes. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. This is the Pastor Richard Tater calling from McMillan, Alabama. How y'all doing? You know, gentlemen. This is what I was talking about when we discussed evangelism. See, my son asked me why he needed to go on a missionary trip if God saves everyone against their will or has already done it ahead of time. I didn't know. So I asked my leadership and they didn't even know that's right. Oh, yeah. Didn't you say that your leaders responded by saying, don't you want to see God play? That's right. Good memory, Pastor Joel. You know, after they heard a CD or a tape cassette where another pastor from Texas gave the answer when he was asked the same question, when I tried to ask questions to understand, they told me I would have to ask the pastor on the tape cassette. Pastor Tater, what did you end up doing? I told my son he had to go, and he was pretty upset. Yeah, uh, like I said, when he came back from the trip, Dickie stopped going to church. He even stopped helping out with the tater tots. Wait, was that the name of your youth group? (laughs) Uh, No, Uh, but that's what it became known as when people from other churches began sending their kids to our midweek service. What happened to the tater tots? Well, uh, well, uh, Pastor Jonathan, it's uh, 
kind of a long story, and uh, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't you know, thank, thank y'all for letting me share. I will hang up and listen. Uh, this was my favorite podcast. To hate. God bless. Thank you so much, Pastor Tater, for the call. Uh, wow, Pastor Joel. It sounds like Pastor Tater and his son have both experienced some church damage. Was his leader's response Gnostic? Yeah, the whole like, don't you want to watch God play? It's like, yeah. This is the opposite like this response from his leaders is the opposite of how sermons were preached in the new Testament. Really? Yeah. Peter and Paul preached short sermons where they stated what they believed and why they believed it and then supported it with sources from outside themselves. This is where a lot of times in the epistles, what we'll see is they're doing the same thing, the same model of us of a sermon what why and supporting from outside of yourself when you see peter and especially paul quoting scripture from the old testament or you know in his day it would have been the bible <laughs> that's what they had for you know god's word that was an example of him supporting it from outside of himself. So you, especially using the Bible. So today when we preach a sermon, we state what we ought to be able to explain why we're saying what we're saying. And that's where scripture comes in great. When we have scripture to support what we're preaching, we're supporting it from outside ourselves. But pastor Tater's leadership stated what someone else believed and why they believed it, and then used themselves as the support. The problem is when they're asked to explain the why, they can't. So they get the benefit of appearing right while avoiding all chance that they could be wrong, which again is idolatry. Mm -hmm. They have put a man between themselves and God. So that's the strict side, what a great call from Pastor Tater. Yeah. Let's uh let's go to the other side. What's the other side of the argument, Pastor Joel? The loose side is like this. You know what, Pastor Jonathan? What's important is that you just believe, live your own truth, you know, just do your best. You know what? It could be from God. We don't know. What if what you're saying, or what if what I'm saying? is from God. So it is this it's the side of the argument that is always the goal is always to not hurt people, to avoid tension, to not take a stand. Okay. So how have people been hurt by this perspective? Here, well, the same thing, the same what, right? We see people are being taught man-made doctrine that opposes God's work, God's word, and are also not being given the tools to defend themselves against deception. So that's how the people on this side have been hurt because what they're being taught is it's okay if you just believe whatever it is. Well, these people don't know how to defend themselves against deception. 
And a lot of times what we see is these people don't want to know the why. They don't want this understanding because that understanding does have tension with it. So these people who've been hurt are the most vulnerable to the leaders in the church who are acting according to this Gnosticism. So how would you handle an interaction with someone who's, who holds that loose perspective? Well, first of all, I would focus on giving these people tools to be able to determine the truth for themselves. Too many leaders think the answer is to shield these people from any teaching that makes the leader uncomfortable. Hmm. And really the leaders enabling these people into being deceived. What we like to do at Music Life Church is get people into the restoration process. Nice. Which is founded on God's doctrine, God's truth. We're giving people the tools to be able to determine their beliefs and why they believe them and support them from scripture, ideally. And what's cool is we're not shielding these people from anything, really. We're giving them the tools to be able to stand in the midst of any storm that comes towards them, or as the Bible teaches, to bear their own burden and to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So that's the, ideally, what we'd like to do is just be able to give the people the tools they need from God's word to defend themselves. Because the answer is never to shield people away from uncomfortable issues. Because eventually that's enabling, right? Absolutely. Next, I'd try the following. And here's the questions I would ask to, to hopefully indirectly confront the person and help them see maybe the side of the argument is causing damage. You know, I could share, I guess, I guess if all that matters is that I believe in something, then you never get upset at anyone for believing something different than you. Right. Or do you ever think that someone else is wrong? Wouldn't that contradict this idea that it's okay just to believe something, to live your own truth and to believe Mm. your own truth. And really you could even ask, do you ever ask anyone why when they are sharing? Because again, they're trying to get to the deeper understanding and you're emphasizing the cause behind what you're saying. So that's some of the approaches I'd take, some of the questions I'd ask, but really I love this first approach where it's like, if we can, we want to equip the people to be able to stand in the midst of all the battles we face in this world. That's so good. But yeah, if, if someone does believe that the answer is everyone living their truth, then you can't disagree with someone else's truth that they're living according to. Right. And I could tell you your truth is wrong and you should thank me because I'm living my truth. Maybe that's my truth, Pastor Jonathan. Hmm. No. Nope. Well, there you go. Then you need to be okay, right? Whatever, whatever okay way it goes, that, right? you need to be okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when the topic of Gnosticism 
hits the church, loose side, strict side. What are your thoughts? How does this affect the, the, the church? I tend to see the three categories of people. The first category is the people I feel sorry for. These are people who are walking around with flawed beliefs and they don't know why they believe it and or they can't explain it, but they have been convinced that what they're doing is bringing glory to God. Mm. These people are most likely not even saved and are unfortunately often taking other people off the path of God as well. Mm. And I really feel sorry that no pastor ever equipped these people in how to rightly divide the word of truth. So that's what we're getting at here with this group we feel sorry for is they aren't equipped, yet they're convinced that what they're doing is bringing glory to God and oftentimes taking other people off course. People that we understand, the second category, these are people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who leave the church. Often that's their move because leaders refuse to support what they teach and they refuse to be confronted in their teaching. A lot of times we even see these people who leave the church do so because they were bullied in response to asking some questions that may, to the leader, appear to be argumentative. So the thing is, truth welcomes questions. And if you can't question truth, hmm. it's propaganda, huh. which really what that is, is just information that's misleading or biased in nature that is used to promote a specific point of view. If I can't question it, it's propaganda. These people oftentimes are rightly leaving the churches they've experienced this in because they're getting themselves out of a destructive situation. Oh, yeah. Then there's the people I'm impressed with. This third category, they're the people who know what they believe and why they believe it and are able to support their beliefs with a source outside of themselves. Ooh, very nice. So what is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? Ultimate answer is Gnosticism believes in special revelation that contradicts God's word. So what ought a Christian to do or be like in relation to this topic? Well, Christians are meant to know what they believe, why they believe it, and to be able to accurately support it with scripture. Christians ought to be able to think for themselves. Because ultimately, each of us is responsible for ourselves before God. Do you think God is going to let me say when I make an account to him because Jonathan told me so? Oh, or the devil made me do it. The, the yeah. flip side, right? There you go. That's another good one. The flip side. So that doesn't, that doesn't hold weight. So I want, this is really important. Can you say that line again, what Christians are meant to do or know? Like, how did you say that? I want you to say that again, because I feel like those are, th this is really important that I want 
I, I just want to absorb again. So can you say that again? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Christians are meant to know what they believe. For instance, I believe salvation comes through faith. Why they believe it, for instance, because faith is a belief in something I can't see. And I need to believe in God, a being I can't see, in order to be saved. So there's my explanation. Why faith? Because if salvation comes through my belief in God, in Christ, I can't see them. Faith is a requirement. So I know what, what I believe, why I believe that thing, and then be able to accurately support it with scripture. And in the faith example, again, Hebrews 11.1, 1, there you go. That defines faith for you. And uh, you can do Romans 10.17, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. You can do Hebrews 11.6, which talks about not it being impossible to please God without faith, that we must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's three scriptural supports for you outside of myself that support why faith is important in order for my what of I need faith for salvation. So I need to know what I believe, why I believe it, and ideally be able to support it with a source from outside of myself, ideally scripture. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. That was awesome. Great, great explanation. Appreciate you. Everyone, this has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.